listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. The cultural shift of COVID-19 from pandemic to endemic is an opportunity for our pharmacists, the healthcare providers who are most accessible to patients in the United States. this podcast series, we'll hear from three impactful pharmacists, leaders in the healthcare space, about how pharmacists can talk to their patients about the importance of regular immunizations against COVID-19. We'll review common misconceptions about COVID-19 and its vaccines and cover how to talk to patients about the change from an initial shot and boosters to a single shot. We will also discuss the continued burden of COVID-19 and how pharmacists can help guide their communities with best practices. This podcast series is supported by Moderna, a leader in vaccination best practices. Hey, this is a third part of a three-part series of our exclusive series on updating on COVID-19 and the pharmacist leadership in vaccinations. We've been so thankful to um, AMC Media for helping us put this together. I wanna give a shout out to Dr. Uh, Mayak Amin um, and his incredible, he's known as Superman in in his uh, New Jersey state, as well as the nation and how much press coverage he's brought to the importance of pharmacists in immunization, vaccination, caring for your communities. A shout out to Dr. Mack, he likes to be called. Also a shout out to Dr. Ravina Kohler, who was part two of our series. Uh, She is an infectious disease, a global expert, researcher, and presenter. And uh, we were just so proud to have her. Um, We don't stop. We keep with our superstars in pharmacy. And I want to welcome Dr. Edo Abasi uh, McGee. And she is an educator. She's passionate. She is um, with the um, Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine, Ado, Dr. Ado, it is so wonderful to have you here. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much, Todd, for this opportunity. I'm so excited to be able to be a part of this amazing series you have going on. The 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 honor and pleasure is all ours. And here's the reason. We've kind of set the stage where we've touched community. We've touched the world of representation, almost like a medical science liaison in how pharmacists are leading um vaccination rollout and even development of vaccination now you you are educating our future and we know the number one number two jogs between uh different surveys that come out pharmacists are so trusted in their community and you're educating the future pharmacists who are going to be touching hundreds, thousands, millions of lives throughout the country. And you take a public health spirit and you're a a servant leader and you're an educator. So I want you to open up to our listeners, tell them about yourself and why you're so um, passionate to be um, preparing the future pharmacists that that we have. Absolutely. Thank you again, Todd. I think it's it's so important, right? Um, and you know, when you when you're teaching the future, uh, you have to definitely have the passion behind it. I still remember when um what we all probably do remember uh 2020 when at the height um of the start of the pandemic, 
um, what we were all doing. Um, and for me, switching over from teaching live in person to sort of um, on Zoom <laughs> was difficult. But I think we've learned so many different lessons now that we're almost three years out and we've seen really this cultural shift um, for, of COVID from being sort of pandemic to endemic. And um, and just thinking about what I've even seen with my students of helping them understand from going from where we didn't understand what was going on with COVID at the height of it all to, to now um COVID being endem endemic. And I think it's um, critical to first acknowledge. Um, so as a pharmacist, when your patient comes up to you and is, is trying to decide, you know, going back and forth about, should I get my booster now? First, acknowledging to all our patients that sort of the things that we just have lived through was pretty historic, right? Um, to our lifetime, um, and then helping them understand. So that's what I've been able to do with my students of as we've understood more and more of COVID, um, of impressing upon them um, and planting that seed, right, of helping them understand the science behind it. Because I always think about my students as they have they have this additional extension with their families and the communities they live in um, where they can be um, really um, the trusted messengers within the communities and just as pharmacists are the most trusted professionals, um, healthcare professionals. So being able to, as a pharmacist, as you talk to your patients about the importance of um, getting your COVID boosters as along with um, the flu vaccine, um, that it'll sort of really help soften the blow um, is the way I look at it. For example, you know, with the flu shot, um, the symptoms may not be as severe when you keep getting your updated um, vaccine. Um, and, I, and I know it's always very difficult to sort of um, in the times we're in convince people because no one has a crystal ball um, of getting your patients. But I think if you start first um, as a pharmacist trying to convince your patients of the importance of the regular immunization, start with, first with acknowledging sort of where they are at and then helping educate them and um, giving them the facts um, is, is so important. Um, so that's one way I think I continually try to show my students as we've shifted um, with with COVID from being pandemic to endemic, um, helping them understand and acknowledging sort of where they are and remembering again that my students are these additional um, specific messengers to their own families um, and then the communities they live in. That's a good point. That's something that I wanted you to definitely mention as we were meeting before we started recording you were talking about the attitudes of of people and i think of the students and when you present information from a pharmacological perspective someone that's trusted by them within the school organization and they it's a given to them that they trust you because you're appointed and you've had this experience and then you also have in being a teacher and i love that about your profile on linkedin cuz you are a teacher you you come at this as a teacher but you're an action taken take taking teacher. Um, I think of communicating you and I right now, we're on a podcast, we have hundreds of thousands of people listening to us. If they don't understand you, 
if they don't understand what you're saying, how you're saying it, and that trickles down to teaching other people about communication, setting trust up. Why are pharmacists in their community trusted so much? Because they're part of that community. So if I'm a Chinese man and I have an accent, broken English, and I'm trying to get a message of healthcare to someone else that may not understand me or is, you know, let of Latin or Spanish or black American or whatever. It doesn't matter if, if my, if how I'm perceived and how I'm coming across is part of building that communication and trust. And you have done so you're so multifaceted, but you've done so much research and you've participated in developing research that kind of quantifies what you've called the vaccine equity initiative and, and approach. Talk to us about how important that is in rolling this into becoming an effective provider. Absolutely. No, I think as a pharmacist, right, we all take that oath, which was recently updated, um, saying that we as pharmacists will ensure that we basically um, fight for our patients to ensure health equity. Um, and so when I think about the variety um, of patients we may see, it's so important to treat every single patient with dignity and respect. I'm borrowing this from um, uh, someone I heard speak about um, sort of what we currently hear in media as vaccine hesitancy and trying to move away from saying that to really trying to achieve vaccine equity. Um, because the one speaker I heard say this, she, she, she expressed that in the Latino community, um, a lot of times it's not that it's necessarily vaccine hesitancy. They're not hesitant. They're really wanting to be treated with respect and dignity um, and, and really for example, um, she had shared a story about an independent pharmacy that um, was wanting to create flyers um, to get more of their Latino community vaccinated. And um, they basically translated their English flyer to a Spanish flyer. Um, and we really got to think think that through is what she said, because a lot of words in English don't always translate um, immediately to the right words, um, the most appropriate words in Spanish. I think about it, um, I speak a second language and I know there are words in my language, um, for example, she or he that we don't have in my language. And so when I'm trying to translate it back to English, there's some confusion. So it's so important. One of my takeaways from hearing that speaker um, that we treat our patients with respect and dignity, dignity and make sure that as we're translating, even the simple translations, we're looking to trusted messengers within the community. Um, her suggestion was sort of finding an ally within the Latino community and say, hey, check, you know, would you look at my flyer? Does this make sense? Not necessarily does it translate exactly into Spanish. Um, and so even little details like that, that pharmacists do. And I know independent pharmacists, pharmacists and um, even 
um, in the bigger, um, bigger three-letter pharmacies uh, when you're trying to attract the various different communities that might be around you from immigrant communities to refugee communities. You need to ensure that you have connected yourself with um, a trusted messenger that speaks the language, that sort of understands um, the intricacies of the culture of the people around you. Um, so there, there's no real easy, simple, um, quick way to ensure that we get our patients to move away from saying, hey, I don't want this vaccine, but we need to ensure that we're actually um, really taking time to ensure what we are doing is um, equitable. So I think that that's one thing to really try to move away and control this uh, narrative of um, patients are hesitant to ensuring um, equitability for for vaccines. If if that makes sense. Absolutely, absolutely, and it it puts attention around something. And here's an, another example: if we go to Alabama, deep parts of the South, community pharmacy, and the 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 predominant patient that walks into that community pharmacy. Um, if they're African-American and the technicians, the pharmacists are African-American, but in their community, they have Latinos, um, uh, Caucasian people, whatever. That community pharmacist is still the conduit of public health. So it, 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 it goes, it's flop flips flops, no matter what geographic, whatever, whatever zip code you're in, wherever you are, when you take the position as a provider and you took that oath, yes, you're defending your majority of your of the of whatever nationality you're you're defending the majority of your patients and you're defending the minority of your patients yes. because it's you're the last line of defense. Uh, the medical errors, a possibly a prescription written wrong, a dosing situation with a small baby. And then think of my kids, uh, how we get as parents, we, we become a little bit spastic about their health and, and your, your, your baby has a fever and you're, front, you're in front of a, a pharmacist that doesn't understand your language or doesn't understand your mannerisms or even your panic for that matter. And now you don't feel that you can trust that individual because of some communication connection. You know, I love this. I love the fact that you're bringing this to light. It's such a, a big part of being a provider, being a pharmacist. This is a message to pharmacists like you who have cared for your patients through the healthy times and through the hard times. Throughout the COVID-19 pandemic, you were there to help patients, providing them access to the information, medicine, and the vaccines they needed to help stay protected. Now, as the threat of COVID-19 moves from the pandemic to the endemic stage, it's time to help your patients understand the importance of regular vaccination against circulating variants of the SARS-CoV-2 virus as part of a healthy lifestyle. While COVID-19 may not be top of mind for your patients, the threat of disease is still here. Hospitalization rates in the U.S. for COVID-19 increased by close to 217% in the summer of 2023, jumping from 6,477 hospitalizations in the first week of July to 20,538 in the week of September 9th 
through the 15th. Make sure your patients know that COVID-19 vaccines have been updated and are now available. You saw them through the pandemic. Now you can continue to help patients see that the ongoing threat of COVID-19 is something that we face together. Thank you to pharmacists everywhere. This message has been brought to you by Moderna. I do want to reference, you did a lot of work on some research that became a published paper. Could you share that with our with our listeners as well? Absolutely. Yeah, um, me and my colleagues, we were able to publish a paper um, to give further guidance on uh, really how we help control this public messaging um, from moving from, again, vaccine hesitancy to equity um, and finding sort of unique ways um, in, in to increase uptake in underrepresented communities. So I think uh, three things. When you think about... Um, sort of some of these underrepresented communities, you have to think very creatively, sort of outside the box um, and, and be flexible and nimble because what we've done in the past, we know there've been issues. That's why to date, right? Um, unfortunately, even our, our, our current um, numbers for, for vaccine uptake even for the flu this year is so low. And I think there's been pressures from the CDC um, to help providers to, to help their patients and talk to their patients about the importance of getting their vaccine. But thinking about sort of some of the nuances um, of how to communicate um, with some of these immigrant or refugee communities, um, making sure that I think social media is huge, right? Um, and it can really be sort of the dominant way most people get their news, but understanding that there's some immigrant and refugee communities that don't necessarily use like the TikTok or, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think about even my, I, I am Nigerian and and so there my the older generation stays on Facebook um, and WhatsApp and being able to think and, and go using those social media um, um, platforms to really help um, g- give them the correct education because they're still getting a whole lot of different messages from around the world, from their families and communities, uh, making sure that we're not just targeting kind of the dominant like your Twitter or your Instagram um, social media, but thinking thinking outside the box for some of the immigrant or refugee communities. Um, some other communication strategies we included in the paper was sort of um, a three-step um, communication strategy where, you know, number one, um, making sure it's it's non-prescriptive, but it's, it's sort of this bi-directional listening and learning approach um, and ensuring that we, again, going back to that respect and dignity for cultural beliefs um, within, within um, the different communities. Um, because again, I think what... Um, what sort of happens sometimes is when you don't understand a specific culture or believe you can sort of um, just um, completely disregard it. Um, and that automatically puts your patient right on the uh, on the opposite side of, well, Thanks. if they're not going to treat me with respect and dignity, yeah. why should I even listen? Yeah. Um, and, and thinking about there, there's some tradi- um, some cultures that have traditional healers um, and kind of thinking about how you can incorporate those um, as trusted messengers, because I know, again, as being Nigerian, again, the the 
the um, older generation truly believe in, in some of the traditional healers and making sure that you can really collaborate with with those people um, to help them understand um, and, and get the vaccines. The second strategy we talked about in our paper was sort of recognizing, of course, the knowledge gaps um, from um, the, the various trial results um, with the lack of um, including the underrepresented uh, populations and, and where it's something we're working on, but recognizing that because you'll have a patient say, well, you know, um, tell me this and tell me that. So knowing the facts and, and being able to recognize that. And then lastly, um, being able to empathize with, with our patients um, and respect their opinions, um, understanding the impact of social injustice, um, health inequities, um, and systemic racism within healthcare um, on people's attitudes. Again, remembering that that whole we we have to take a different approach. The condescending, a dismissive approach is, is going to be really in, ineffective. Um, and with with the importance of what we choose to do as as pharmacists, right? We take the oath. Going back to that to that again, we take an oath to ensure that we advance health equity. Um, so we can't just be dismissive um, to, to patients and their, their different cultural beliefs. We have to really meet them where they are. Um, and so th those were some communication strategies we had in our paper of how to better engage um, some of the underrepresented minority communities. Ada, this is terrific. So number one, a non-prescriptive approach that's driven by respect, cultural belief understandings, and even not being ashamed as a provider to ask questions um, because it may be in reverse. I may not understand your Nigerian culture. If I'm your pharmacist and I don't understand something, it's okay to look them in the eye, you know, have a sincere smile on your face and say, I am so sorry. I don't understand what you're trying to explain to me, but I want to understand. So kind of spell this out to me. So taking a pause and not running through something, um, which goes back to the whole um, uh, fast food pharmacy that we're getting in some of these big chains that don't give us enough time to engage with our patients. And it's so important. So number one is that non-prescriptive, non respective culture belief approach. Number two, knowledge gaps understanding you went to school oh my goodness what eight years 10 years 12 years of all of that experience you have now you're saturated in education all the time it surrounds you you live it you teach it right you live it so your education is so vast in comparison to someone who is an electrician like my dad was an electrician or myself uh, i'm a podcaster and i've been in technology and pharmacy but i don't i don't get the pharmacological so i trust that my pharmacist is going to tell me what's going on number three the um emphasizing and empathizing um and understanding social issues and social um barriers that that are take that are coming up such as racism uh disrespect uh throughout maybe the maybe the particular community leans towards being um racist i mean there it's it's unfortunate that it's it's a real world. We're living the real world and and that happens. So how does a pharmacist slash provider dismantle that 
in their safe in their space that they've created in the space that they've created in their own pharmacy as a clinician as a provider of services and standing for that oath and really we're not even asking anything out of the oath in and of itself i think every one of our 300,000 active pharmacists in the united states would agree it helps you build a common denominator we almost like it's it's a it's a place to start and it is are you a human being and are you breathing right yes. now are you alive yes. and if the answer is yes all right let's go <laughs> we we have to treat you we have to care about you we have to serve you and and if, and if you don't believe in that common denominator then you don't you don't you're not a you're not a provider not it's not a being a provider is not the right thing for you so go go sell some cars or maybe paint houses or do something else <laughs> I love that. I love that. And that's exactly sort of what I teach my students, um, because it, it does come down to let's humanize, right? Our, like, we're all humans. Let's meet there first. Yeah. Um, and again, all of this is really under the health equity umbrella. Um, and so some of the things I teach my students, whether it's within vaccines or other therapeutics, I I really try to plant the seed that as pharmacists, we first, first got to recognize that our patients are humans just like us, right? Um, and, and going down to that level um, to ensure that we remember that. Because if you were on the other side, this is my favorite. It's always in class, I always say, now, if this was your grandmother, yes, would you want done for her? So when we can go back there um, and as pharmacists, if we can think about our fellow patients as just humans and what we would want done for ourselves or our families um, to meet them at their point of need uh, is so critical. And it's, it's really it's really what we do as pharmacists. Pharmacists are advocators yeah. um, that we yeah. advocate for our patients and we have to um, we have to do so. Have to take a stand. You have yes. to realize that sometimes, in many cases, unfortunately, just the way of the world and so much negativity on social media and so much happening that sometimes you're the only light in the life of someone and you're the only positivity around something that can become extremely simple, simplified. And you and I both agree, um, Dr. McGee, that if you are a human being, you deserve the treatment that I have the education to provide you. And with that treatment comes the empathy that you referenced, as well as the health equity to meet people where they are and communicate and, and slow down a little bit. And I tend to be a fast talker and um, I can't help it. And I know when I talk to some people, especially if I get excited uh, about pharmacist stuff, oh, I'll start going about going talking too fast. And if I, it's, I would need to slow down. If I were a pharmacist, I would have to slow down because I would be excited about my patient's health and and trying to, you know, reach something else that's in there. Um, I was in addiction therapy in the medication-assisted treatment space, and pharmacists would um, create that common denominator. And instead of making these people feel like they were addicted to an opioid, they would make them feel like, hey, you're just a patient. This is a condition you have. You're like everyone else. And instead of dealing with hypertension, you're dealing with opioid use disorder. And by the way, you also have um, 
onset diabetes or early onset diabetes. So let's focus. And all of a sudden it started to become more of a black and white science to the patient instead yeah. of feeling like I'm always my counselor, um, you know, the security people, they're always focusing on the addiction rather than on the health or the wellness. Mm. And it's, it's a, it's really, it's, it's how you look at things that the attitude that you project as a provider is, is just as important as the pharmacological substances that you're managing. Absolutely. I love how you put that. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's what makes us such great advocates for our patients. I love that. I love that. Yeah. And I and I think, and I know we're probably going long here, but I, I, I think just some final remarks. It's so, so important as pharmacists that we really try to think outside the box on how we're communicating with our patients yep. and making sure we, we meet our patients where they are. Um, listening, acknowledging their their feelings, um, the experiences, and then using our education to educate them on the facts and really, again, not that high level education of um, stating the facts that is just goes above them or whether it's in a different language, um, making sure they understand um, the facts. Um, and then engaging any trusted messengers within within the community um, that may not look like the traditional healthcare professionals. Um, so being able to collaborate and work with sort of some social um, systems or even the traditional healers, like I mentioned, um, or even faith um, faith based or community based right. leaders um, within the community. Uh, is so important to ensure that because, right, I always think about with with vaccine equity, it's important to remember herd immunity, too. Um, so we are it's our is the community we live and work in. So we want to ensure that that community is also healthy um, for us to continue to do the work we do. Um, and I hope that I continue and I always do my best in the classroom to really plant the seed for our future pharmacists about the importance of health equity um, in all they do. Um, and, and vaccines is definitely one huge way pharmacists can advocate for their patients um, and ensure health equity. Um, and then just my last little thing for any pharmacists that um, looking for any, um, there's so many resources out there, but one of my my favorite websites for like really turnkey flyers and various um, information on vaccines is um, check out immunize.org. Um, and it's a great, again, it's immunize, I-M-M-U-N-I-Z-E.org. It's a great uh, reference site. Of course, there's a CDC website, but it, I've found it very useful um, for all the different types of vaccinations um, for information you might need. Dr. Ado. McGee, this has been wonderful. Um, you and I have already um, established an understanding that I have got to have you back in the future so that we can extend and maybe bring me some pharmacy students so that we can talk to them too. Absolutely. That would be a fun panel to do. It would. <laughs> but thank you so much for being part of this. Uh, once again, immunize.org. Uh, take a look at that. Um, I'm thrilled to, um, to have this opportunity to talk with you, Dr. McGee, and um, we can't wait to hear from you next time. Awesome. Thank you for the opportunity, Todd. Thank you.